Thank you, Jesus, for letting us be here tonight. And thank you for your Holy Spirit that just comes and settles in this place on Wednesdays, no matter the number of people. God, that uh, ever since we started back on these Wednesdays, God, your presence has been so, so loving, God. Thank you for coming and giving us hope and a future, God. Thank you for coming and showing us that there truly is a life that includes you in each and every day, God, that's smack dab in the middle of our week, no matter how stressful it's been. And God, thank you for letting us be able to see a victory, no matter how dark the area is around us, God. When we fix our eyes on heaven, we see your glory and your light shine through all the darkness, God, that you've given us hope, you've given us a future, and God, you've given us a way out, and you've given us a plan for victory, God. And we love you, and we thank you for that. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. If One Life Church has a victory, let's say, let's say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. God. And I love this worship set tonight because it just goes um, right in line with what I feel like God's put placed inside of me to talk about tonight. And especially what our pastor has been talking about for the past month or so, just as uh, Miss Amy has said. And so I encourage you guys to go back to our podcast, listen to each and every one of those sermons, because um, if it's worth preaching once, it's worth listening to a couple more times. God's word never gets old and never expires. And so I encourage you guys to go back, listen to those, because I guarantee God's going to speak something new into your life, no matter how many times you've heard it. Um, so tonight, the title of my uh, message is Christ in Me, and I'm wanting to focus on the passage in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. And it says, For in him lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all authority and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which also you were raised with him through the faith of the power of God who has raised him from the dead. And so for the, for the past week, I've really been focusing on this idea of, of power, just as our pastor has been preaching to this church and for this body Focusing on the idea of power in the church, walking in power in the fullness of Christ. And so he's been talking about, about grace in three months. And I've been wanting to dig a little deeper into what grace looks like. And I've come to understand, and, I've, and God's been showing me pieces here and there, that grace is not just this, is not just this kind, peaceful thing that's very lax, sits on the couch all day and does absolutely nothing, but neither is it something that, that all it does is war and fight and, and just raise chaos. But grace is somewhere in the middle is a peaceful chaos, is a violent love, as some would say it. And what and for us to, I believe, for us to understand better this kind of grace, I was drawn to this passage because in the first, in the beginning of it, it says, For in him lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I, would start, I sat back and I was thinking like, 
all my life I've been told that when I was saved, that Christ came into my heart and he now lives in me. And then when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, now I have access to his power and I have access to his authority. But then when I was really sitting back Monday and Sunday evening, I was, I was thinking about it. It was like, I've never really dug into that. What does that mean that Christ lives in me? What does that mean like that he is now a part of me and now I have access to his power? It's, it's one thing to, believe, to have a head knowledge of it, but it's another thing for it to mean something to you. And so when I was looking at this, this beginning of the passage jumped out at me. And I don't know if you guys are hearing it. For in him lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Let, let me break it down like this. All of God's power derives in God. <laughs> because it's basically saying the same God who didn't have to even stand up or do anything with his hands. The same God that just sat there and spoke eternity into existence and spoke life into existence and is actually still going on because I, I love science and I love finding out about how the universe works and such. And if you look at it, scientists still believe that the boundary of the universe is constantly expanding. And so actually God's creation has never ended. The universe is still growing and so his word has never ceased as we read in his word. And so it's still creating <laughs> And so you, if, you, if that gives you a grasp of how powerful just one word is from God. And then it says that all that power and all that God is derives in, is, is in Jesus. And then we read in the word that we have been crucified with him and that, we, that he lives inside of us now. Does that not blow your minds? And I was talking, I was talking to some people throughout the week and it... And it kind of makes me sad because a lot of people preach, a lot of people preach that we have power, but then we go out into the world and we act like we have none. We go, and our pastors, there's a reason why our pastor has been talking so much about power and God's power inside of us. There's a reason why that, that a lot of pastors I know and a lot of pastors I listen to are so drawn to this topic right now because God is dropping this word of knowledge into people for this time and for this season. And it's not a coincidence. With God, there is no coincidence. He is intentional. And <laughs> I just can't, I just really can't get over that idea that that. This God who created the universe and is still creating the universe and with, and with one word sent Satan crashing out of heaven like lightning. Again, didn't even have to stand up. Again, didn't even have to fight. It wasn't some great epic battle like we watch in movies or we read in books. It was simply go and before the words came out of his mouth, Satan was already gone. Like that is the power and the authority that we have access to. And yet we still walk around in our pastor's terms that we walk around like a weak and anemic church. Like we have no power. <laughs> and we look at such things like what's going on right now. Like coronavirus. Last year it was swine flu or whatever it was. I've lost track of whatever it is. I'm not making light of the situation. But I am saying that we don't have to be afraid of such things. Yes, God gave us a brain to operate in wisdom in this world. But at the same time, we don't have to be afraid of things. And that's just this, it's just an example of right here and right now. Why is it that the church is freaking out just like the world? Did God not call us differently? (laughs) 
I love this passage in Galatians that kind of sums up what I'm trying to, trying to get at, I feel like. It's Galatians chapter 2, verses, verse 20. And it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. <laughs> that... If you go back and you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus was never afraid of disease. At, the, at, this time, at their time, the coronavirus was, the, uh, was leprosy, where your flesh literally rotted off, and your arms would drop off, and you wouldn't know it. Like, that's how bad some of these diseases back then were, but Jesus was never afraid to go into these situations. I'm not saying you walk into a quarantine zone. Again, you use knowledge. But I'm saying that we need to look better at Jesus, take a better example of what, how he walked and how he lived, because the Bible says you will do the same things and greater than I do. <laughs> because I love having this idea of like Jesus is my best friend and getting to know him, but as I told the teens last Sunday, is that when you hang out with God and when you have a relationship with God, that should be evident in how you walk, how you act, and how you speak, and in the things you do. Our pastor has preached multiple times that the signs follow the believers, that the power of God should be within us, that we should have boldness, that we should have this faith that will carry us through whatever situation it is that we face. And the, another thing I've been talking to with the teens is, um, is being people after God's own heart. And people after God's own heart does not walk around like weak people. Because you look at the story of David, and you see, you see how he walked in this earth, and you never see weak people around David. All, you, all the people that you see around him are armies and mighty men. Those are their titles. These are people that are willing to stand up for what they believe in and defend what they love. They're people that are full of power. There is one man named Benaniah that's willing to jump into a pit with a lion on a snowy day with nothing but a spear. How crazy do you have to be to literally chase a lion? That's, that's faith. In, I believe that's faith in your God. And I want us to be able to look at, look at the lions in our lives. I don't care if it's finances. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's family members or just people annoying you. I want us to be able to identify the lions in our lives and be able to remember that it is Christ living inside of us and we no longer have to be afraid of these things. That I've, Our pastor has said again that, this church, that, that the church in general has been, too, has been too quiet for too long. And there's a reason why on Wednesdays that you feel the presence of God that you do. There's a reason on Sundays that you feel the presence of God that you do is because he's simply saying to us, that he's with us and we don't have to be afraid of this world. That you won't always have this supercharged emotional encounter with God. But when you step into the moment and just simply obey God, you will feel this power, this confidence, and this boldness, and this strength overcome you that you know that's not your own. And simple obedience takes over and God's power carries you through whatever situation it is. 
I guarantee there's always, there's for us that have been following God and have made this commitment to, to do whatever it is that God wants us to do. And we've been serious about it and we followed him all our life and God has called us to some very awkward situations. You will sit back and think, God, this is weird. I'm going to look stupid. I'm going to look weird. I'm just foolish in general. But the moment that you, f- you finally say, yes, God, I'll do it, and you actually go to do it, then you have this confidence overtake you again. And I found God just reminded me that this week because just last night I was on the phone with Michaela, and I'm like, I can't get any of this on paper to how I want to say it. Like, it makes sense in my head, but I can't get it on paper to make it comprehensible to other people. <laughs> and... And so I was nervous all last night. I was nervous all Monday and Sunday because I knew this was coming up and I was just facing some writer's block and didn't understand how to put it all together. But this morning I woke up and most of the time when I, when I know I have to preach to, on a certain day, I wake up with some kind of worry that I'm going to stutter and mess up somewhere along the way and say something stupid. But this morning it's just, was just peace. Is because that I know that reading this scripture, I just remember this scripture immediately this morning, is that it's not within my own power that I do what I do. It's not within my own power where I've been called to preach the gospel that, that I'm able to do this. It's not because of Pastor Greg's own power that he's able to minister the way he does. It's not because of Chris's power that he's able to minister to the people he does it's not because of our power that we accomplish anything it's because of God's and I don't know why this just came to me but I remember a quote uh, earlier this week by Catherine Mullins and it said and it went along the lines of some people are not always called to a major platform uh, platform, but you are called to be filled with passion. And when you are, when you fall in such deep love and adoration with God, that that this passion takes over, and out of passion comes this power and this desire to do whatever it is that God calls you to do. Because the Bible also says, "I've never seen the righteous forsaken." And so, when you step up and do what it is that God's called you to do, it may not turn out the way you planned. But you will see a victory. And another one of my favorite songs that I've been listening to, it says, never lost. Like, my God has never lost a battle. And so this same Christ that we keep preaching lives inside of us. The same Christ that we say we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit with. The same Christ that we were resurrected from the grave with. This same God who has never lost a battle lives in us. And so, again, I don't care what it is that we're facing. I don't care what lions we're facing. I don't care what situation is prowling around us and is making us feel like we're, we're sucking air and we're getting ready to drown. Our God has never lost a battle. He's never been so surrounded. He's never been so overwhelmed that he's given up. There's never been such a situation that's made him cower and made him step back and think, well, I didn't see this coming. There's no mistake that I've done. There's no stupidity any of us has fallen into that Christ did not make an accountance for. And I am goofy. 
but he has already provided a victory. No matter what it is or how many times we fall, he's already provided a victory for us as long as we at some point in our life say yes. In this passage, it also talks about being the circumcised of Christ. And throughout the Bible, you'll find that God has this, this favoritism towards people to where he'll mark people and set them aside and say, these people are mine, don't touch them. <laughs> and, and this is a thing that we have to understand. When we have been resurrected with Christ, when we walk with him, that there is a special mark inside of us that no matter how far away you run or how badly you slip, there's still something inside of you that's still drawing you and connecting you to Christ. That no, that that that's that's the marking that He's given you. That's the marking. That's the in this term in the passage, the circumcision that's 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 called you to Him, that's connected you to Him eternally. That He's still saying, "My love's enough. My grace is enough. My my my." Power is still enough to sustain you no matter how far you've fallen and no, no matter how badly you've hurt yourself, I'll still see a victory for you. And the final passage I want to look at is Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. And it's just right after the first passage. And it says, And you being dead in your sins and the... Un- in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has resurrected together with him, having forgiven you all sins. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed authorities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them by the cross. And so... The very example, the cross itself, is just a sign of victory. Where, else, where everyone else saw defeat in Jesus, we have come to make a symbol of victory. And so that's just a, a sign in our everyday life. Do not stress out. Do not forget that right in the face of defeat, you will find victory. Right in the face of defeat, you find this power. Right in the face of Defeat, you find this strength to push through. And right as things seem insurmountable, right as the odds seem stacked against you, you find God's power. You find that strength to overcome. You find his grace to sustain you and overcome whatever it is that's in front of you, no matter what lion it is. And so don't ever discount yourself. This passage right here so clearly states that God has already defeated our greatest enemy, and it's not Satan. Satan can't touch you. There is no passage in the Bible where it says Satan can touch a believer. (laughs) There's no passage where Satan can harm the believer. There's no passage where Satan can attack you or harm you. He can try and put things in your way, but that's all he can do. In this passage, God has so taken out ourselves that we have victory. Because he says that he's already taken care of our sin. He's already taken care of all the blame against us, no matter what it is, once again. And he has already given us victory. And he's nailed it all to the cross in that moment, making an accountant for whatever stupidity or sin that we fall into. 
He's given us power to overcome. And so, once again, he has never lost. And so, therefore, we have never lost. Because when, in that moment, when his arms are stretched out and he took his final breath, right in that moment, if you could think of it like this, that God somehow folded all of time together and put all our sin together with him on that cross and made it null. We've won. There is no defeat when that happens. And since we are part of Christ and Christ is part of us, we have nothing to fear. We can walk out of these doors tonight, sleep peacefully, and not be sub, sub, uh, subject to fear, worry, or anxiety, whatever it may be. We've already overcome. And so, that's all I got for tonight. I just want to, I just wanted to take a look at this just something very simple, I believe, that we kind of gloss over sometimes and we sometimes forget. Because I know, I know myself, I make, I make this sometimes too much about me and what I do, what I say and how I act, that I forget that God's grace truly is my power. And that, that yes, God, God, wants me to, God wants me to be better, God wants me to act better, but not for the sake of simply being better. He wants it to be out of relationship with him. And it's because of our relationship with him that we find that power. That we truly become the people that we want to be. That the people that we are, that's full of hope, that's full of peace, that's full of love and kindness and patience. Everything you find in 1 Corinthians 13. The very kind of people that we want to be is not we make a decision to be that. It's just our relationship with him. Who you are around, you'll be like. And if we're around Christ each and every day, we become those people. And that's all through his power, not ours. So if we'd stand real quick, I'm going to pray. And uh, we'll be done for the evening. God, thank you for our day today. And thank you for letting us be here at this, at this church, God. Thank you for One Life Church and all the people that have felt your call. And all the people that have felt your compelling to call this place their home. And I pray that you hope each and every one of us here to uh, take away something I feel like you've, you've had me say tonight, God. Because I know this... I know this knowledge and I know, you're, I know this isn't mine because God, some of the things you've said are way too smart for my own knowledge. And so I pray that you help something stick with each and every one of us tonight. That we walk out of these doors changed and with a new realization of you. A little bit closer and a little bit more in love with you, God. And a little bit better understanding of how great and how mighty you are, God. But how you still chosen to love us. And I pray that you let us walk away with this revelation, with this idea and this knowledge that you truly are all-powerful, and that there's nothing that can defeat you. There never has been, there never will be anything that surprises you. And for some reason, you've called us home. You've decided to live inside of us and be a part of us, and to call us your own, and to, uh, to set us apart as your own children. And God, I love you, and I thank you that you're letting us walk out of here with power and with your authority to overcome whatever this world has so we can bring it hope in the future, God. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. We'll see you guys Sunday. Thank you for spending some time with us. We love you. We'll see you later.